Well, praise the Lord, everybody. It's better late than never. Amen. Amen. I have, I have adopted letting my wife just tell me what to do. Amen. When it comes to, when it comes to just life, and she said churches that prayers at seven o'clock. So we left the house at six thirty. Amen. And, anyways, um, I learned a long time ago it's a whole lot easier. I'm just teasing her tonight. I hope you hope you catch that. Amen. Amen. I learned it's a whole lot easier to let her handle all the major decisions or all the minor decisions. And since we've been married, there's only been two major decisions that have ever arisen. So, amen. I'm thankful that she handles all the minor ones. All right, y'all may be seated. Give me a little volume. There we go. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're tired of feeling the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom Or saving He's a prison shaking savior If you got chains He's a chain breaker worn out from the same old fight we've all run to things we know just ain't right but there's a better life there's a better life if you got pain he's a pain taker if you feel lost well he's a way maker if you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, shaking Savior if you've got chains he's a chain breaker if you believe it if you receive it if you can feel it somebody testify if you believe it if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify, testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel well, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you've got chains, he's a chain breaker.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you glad? Amen. That we serve a chain breaker today. Amen. I'm, I'm thankful to be in his house and his presence. Amen. God is so good. Amen. In spite of what we've gone through, he's still good. In spite of where our day is held, he's still good. Amen. In spite of where our, our position of life is, he is still good. Amen. I have, I have learned that no matter what I face, amen, he stays constant. Amen. He stays consistent. I'm thankful that we serve a faithful God. Amen. That when life has its ups and downs, that God is faithful. Amen. And I'm thankful today for his goodness, for his grace. Thankful for what God is doing. Amen. It was my, my wife's stepfather's mother that was with us on Sunday. It was her first, as far as I know, her first Pentecostal service that she has ever been in. And she, she told me afterwards, she said, I just couldn't stop weeping. And we're praying that God will continue to work on her. Amen. She had plans to be with us again this Sunday. And we're just praying that God will do a mighty work in her heart and her life today. Amen. As long as, as well as all those that you have been reaching out to, we're asking that God, amen, will do a mighty work this weekend. Amen. What a wonderful thing for your pastor to come home to a Holy Ghost service where people are changed. Amen. I want to give honor to him tonight. Amen. We go way back, amen, to, to Washington days where he grew up and I grew up. We're about five and a half hours away from each other. And he was youth leader and I was youth leader of our respective churches at the same time. And just got to connect, got to, um, he got to come up and visit with, with me and stayed in my home and, and got to visit with him at several conferences. And we've been friends a very long time. And we're so thankful that God has brought us back together. Amen. I wish that he was here with us, but I understand that they are doing the work of God and, and traveling. And we're excited for their return this weekend and are looking forward to being with them in service. Amen. This weekend. Man, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Galatians chapter 6. We're going to be reading in verse 7 through verse 9. I was texting your pastor a little bit this afternoon. And he told me just to tear it up, and so I told him I would. Amen. And, and I told him a little bit about what I was feeling. He, he got pretty excited about it. So hopefully this is, this is the direction we need to go, and I feel like God is wanting to help us today. You know, the Word is meant to challenge us. Amen. We, we have an adage of more than likely at this church, every Pentecostal church I go to usually has this adage, just come just as you are. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be put together. You don't have to wear the dress code. Just come just as you are, and God will work on you. So we are a come just as you are church. But we are a please don't stay the same way you as you walked in church. Amen. We want God to change you. Amen. And, and I don't want to get to the place where I, I've lived enough Pentecost that I say I can walk in the same way and walk out the same way I came in because I've got it all put together. No, I want the Holy Ghost to challenge me. I want the Word to change me. I hope, I hope there's attitudes that go away during the service, amen, that I brought in. I hope there's weights and, and, and things and, and things of this world that, that maybe are on me that I leave at the door when I walk out, amen. I want God to continue to work on me and change me, amen. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. You can't pull the wool over God's eyes. Amen. What you sow, you're going to reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. If all you do is sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption in this world. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. I'm going to pause right here and just let somebody know you can come to church and sow to the flesh. You can come to church and sit on that apostolic pew and sow to your flesh and just say, God, I just want a little feel-good message. I just want a little going through uh, emotions of, of worship and, and just leave me alone in my pew and I just want to do what I want to do tonight. Amen. I don't want to just sow to my flesh in church. I want to sow to the Spirit. Amen. Because the Spirit reaps life everlasting. 
And verse 9 says, because of this, and let us not be weary, because sowing to the Spirit is the right way to do it. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary in sowing to the Spirit. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. The Bible's not talking about well-doing as sowing to the flesh, but it's talking about well-doing as sowing to the Spirit. Amen. And I want to preach for a little while on this thought, the process of weariness. The process of weariness. Can you lift your hands toward heaven? Can you ask God to touch us in the remainder of this service? God, we love you. God, we need you. God, we praise you today. God, we're asking for your mighty word to penetrate our hearts. God, to change our direction, to change our mindset. God, to change the way, amen, that we think, the way that we approach the house of God, the way that we go through our daily tasks. God, help us to be changed, amen, that we may fit, Lord, your plan and your design. Let us, God, be changed to fit your model for our lives, your will for our lives, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for standing today. You may be seated. This word weary that we find in verse number 9 of the book of Galatians, chapter 6, it says this, the definition of this word is to be utterly spiritless, to be wearied out or exhausted. He says do not be exhausted in well-doing. Do not be utterly spiritless, amen, in well-doing. You see, if the enemy can get his hand, his hands on our weariness in the flesh, hey, it is, it is absolutely normal to grow weary in the flesh. It is absolutely normal after a day of digging ditches, amen, to come home and plop yourself down on the sofa and just have to close your eyes for a few minutes, amen. For me, the sofa is not, so, not as comfortable as it once was. I like a nice hard floor that I get to lay on my back. Amen. That comes from having a herniated disc for a little while. Amen. But we all get weary in our flesh. We all get tired. We all get wore out. Amen. Of going to work every day. We all get, we always, we have to convince ourselves when we wake up. Uh, sometimes we have to convince ourselves with a whole pot of coffee to say, all right, I've got to go to work and I've got to do the things that I need to do to pay my bills. I, I, I've got I've to be a good steward. And God gave me the ability, amen, to work, so I need to work. Amen. And we can grow weary of these things. We can grow tired in the flesh. Amen. And the enemy can get his hands on that weariness in our flesh. And he can use it to bring us in and to tell us you're just too tired to lift your hands. You're just too tired to run the aisles. If he can get his hands on our physical weariness, amen, he can begin to affect, amen, our spiritual response to the moving of the Holy Ghost. We can grow weary of tasks. We can grow weary of traditions. We can grow weary of the mundane day-to-day -day tasks that we have to go through. Amen. I, 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 I tell you, I've been brushing my teeth long enough that I can do it with my eyes closed. Amen. Amen. Without one light on. Amen. Because it's just something that we go through. It's just repetition. It's routine. Oh, we all have our routine. We all set our, our little coffee coffee pots to go off at a certain time that the that when we get out of the shower it's just it's just it's at the right temperature and then to add a little bit of cream and sugar and then to be the perfect pot of cup of coffee that we can have and then to kick off our day we all have our routines amen but church should never be viewed as the same level as routine tasks church should never be on the same level as your job it should not be on the same level, amen, as going to the store. It should not be on the same level as things of this world, amen, because God's constructs do not fit into the structures of this world. The structures of this world are not like the structures of God. The things of God, hey, you could have had a hard day, but he still says, enter into my gates with thanksgiving and into my courts with praise. I know it's been a tough day. I know you've come to church uh, twice this week, uh, but come into the house of God. And if we're not careful, we can create bad habits of coming into the house of God. Amen. We get locked into our same seat. Amen. I, my, my, my grandfather, I, I had the pleasure of, of growing up, going to the same church as him, and and. I remember he would, he would always sit on the fourth row on the left-hand side if you're on the platform. And that was on the inside in the, in the center aisle. That was, that was his seat. 
that was the seat where brother and sister Gall always sat. And I remember a visitor coming in. And it was, it was right before prayer started. And someone had, had not told him that the fourth pew on the left-hand side was reserved for a saint of God. And so he, he walked up, and he was in the early stages of, of Alzheimer's. And so we gave him a little, a little leeway here. But he walked in, and he said, hey, bud, you're in my seat. You need to move. And that visitor kindly walked over to another seat and found residence somewhere else. Amen. Can I tell you, amen, we can, we can create such bad habits where it's the same exact seat. It's the same exact response in the worship service. The same, it's the same blatant stare during, during the preaching. It's the same routine task. Amen. We, we, sometimes there are people that give more to the job than they do to the church service. I don't want to sow just to the flesh. I don't want to just sow to where I can pad my bank account. But I want to sow to the spirit because all of that's going to melt away with a fervent heat. All of the houses, all of the possessions, all of the things that I pile to myself. But what's going to keep me is a, is a sowing to the spirit. Amen. If all we do is sow to the flesh while we're at church, are we really gaining anything? If all we do is church work, Believe me, I've been there. I was involved in any, any and everything that I could in my home church. I, I, I grew up vacuuming the carpets in the church. My parents were the caretakers of the church. I, I grew up uh, cleaning toilets. I mean, I, it, it could have so easily become just something that, that was so routine. I mean, I was involved in Sunday school, youth. I was involved in music. I was involved in everything. Amen. But I, I tried to never allow myself to be so focused on the church work. Can I tell you, someone can get the Holy Ghost if the carpet ain't vacuumed? Hey, we need, we need to have a spirit of evangelism. That goes with it, is having a nice facility. And thank God for carpets, and thank God for programs, and thank God for Sunday school, and thank God for all of these things. But I don't want to get so focused to where I'm. my whole church experience is around the physical work that I do around the church. Amen. It's got to go deeper than swinging a hammer and nailing up a piece of molding. It's got to go deeper, amen, than just vacuuming a carpet. It's got to go deeper, amen, than just a backpack by the pastor said, thank you for your work today. Amen. But you've got to sow to the Spirit. Amen. We've got to come in uh, lifting our hands in praise, uh, ready, ready at a moment uh, to follow the moving of the Holy Ghost. And if that means stepping out in a pew uh, and running the aisles, uh, then so be it. Because I want to sow to the Spirit. Amen. I don't want to sow to my flesh. Let me, make, let me break it down on third grade level because that's where I live. If the Holy Ghost nudges you and says run the aisles and you don't do it, Guess what? You're doing exactly what the devil wants you to do. Now, who are you supposed to obey when you're at church? The enemy? The devil? Or are you supposed to obey the moving of the Spirit? Are you supposed to obey flesh and its desires? Or are you supposed to obey Spirit? But too often times we live uh, in a place where we obey flesh, service after service after service, so that when Spirit talks to us, we have a callous ear to it. We have a callous shoulder to it and says, you know what, you, you, you want me to run the aisles, but I'm not going to run the aisles. You want me to dance, but I'm not going to dance. And then I want to sow to the spirit when I'm at church. I understand. I understand ailments. I understand physical limitations. I understand all of that. But we had a man in our home church who used to dance and shout across the front. His name was Davy Norton. And Davy Norton gave, gave my father his Bible. He, he's gone on to meet the Lord. Amen. But, but Davy Norton was, was, was into worship, and he, he was always excited. He was always the first one to get up and shout. But Davy Norton contracted the disease that began to riddle his body. I don't know all the details of it. I was very young when I saw this man deteriorate from a man full of energy, a man that would run the aisles and dance and shout, amen, to be constricted to a wheelchair. But I do remember those days when he would roll up the middle aisle and he would nudge one of the young men that weren't doing anything and say, son, run me around the aisles. And a young man would grab the wheelchair and run him around the aisles. And all Davy Norton could do was this right here, amen, and spin his finger in the air. And he would spin his finger in the air and speak in tongues. Can I tell you, when you have a desire for the spirit, flesh can't hold you back. When you have a desire to come to the house of God and sow to the spirit, flesh cannot hold you back. Amen. 
Amen. The Pharisees sowed to the flesh. Jesus showed the disciples what the Pharisees were doing. They were praying eloquent prayers before men on the street corners. And Jesus so wisely spoke. He said, look at these men. They pray eloquent prayers before men. And he said, they have received their reward. They received the backpack that says, oh, that was such a nice prayer today. They received uh, uh, the little bit of admonition, uh, amen, of, of good job from those that heard those prayers, uh, amen. But when I come to the house of God, I'm not just looking for a backpack. When I come to the house of God, I'm looking to see what Jesus wants. Here we go. I'm veering off my notes tonight. There's a reason why we call it Sunday service and Wednesday service. If I go and I order a tri-tip sandwich or I order a slab of, of steak with double carbs, sweet potato or fries and loaded mashed potatoes, both, and the waitress walks out, the server walks up, or goes in the kitchen and brings out a kale salad. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be too happy with that. Now, how happy would you be for a waitress to say, I know what you order, but you're just going to get what I have for you? We would not be too happy about that. We would say, hey, we're paying this bill, and we, we ought to get what we pay for. Can I tell you, when we come to the house of God, it is Wednesday service. It is Sunday service. So instead of saying, here, God, here's a kale salad, that's all you get, no, I want to walk in and say, God, what do you desire? What do you want out of me? I'm willing to serve you. I'm not here to serve myself. I'm not here to make sure I feel comfortable in the pew, but I'm here to serve you. And so, God, if you want me to run the aisles, I'll run the aisles. If you want me to snot in my pew, I'll snot in my pew. God, whatever you desire, I want to be pleasing unto you. Amen. Lifting hands, running the aisles, and lifting voice in praise, uh, amen, are not just merely physical tasks, uh, but they are ways that we worship God uh, and gain access to the Spirit of God. Don't grow weary of our Pentecostal praise. Don't grow weary of how we worship. You see, the enemy can get us weary of prayer. It starts a process. It starts to become quiet prayer. To where it's just, it's barely being said. You're not, you're not lifting your voice in prayer like you once did. It goes from quiet prayer to just vain repetition is what the Bible talks about. Saying hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Over and over and over again. And then if it goes from this to no prayer at all. Hey, if the devil can get you weary of not receiving what God's promised you, he'll keep you from praying about it. If he can get you weary of not receiving your healing, you'll stop praying about your healing. If he'll get you weary enough of not seeing your deliverance, uh, you'll stop praying for your deliverance. Amen. If he gets you weary enough of not seeing your children saved, uh, he'll get you to stop praying for your children. Praise. If he can get us weary of praise, then it'll just be clapping at the appropriate times or just clapping to the beat. Or swaying to the rhythm. Come on, you're not doing anything other than what some guy on a dance on a dance floor does. Amen. You're not doing anything greater. Hey, I've got to I've got to get beyond the flesh, because guess what? I can I can clap my hands, and I can curse like a sailor because it's not it's it's a it's a uh, a mindless task. I can jump up and down and do multiplication. Why? Because it's a mindless task. We can go through the form of worship. We can go through the motions of worship. But when we lose ourselves in worship, when we lose ourselves, hey, there ought to be a time in every single service that we step over from worshiping in the flesh to worshiping in the spirit. There ought to be a moment that we're searching for that says, God, I'm not just content clapping my hands when I know I'm supposed to. I'm not just content raising my hand because I can do that anywhere. I can do that in the school. I can do that on my job. But, God, what I'm looking for in every service is to step over into your spirit to where I begin to serve you and I begin to worship you in spirit. The enemy can get us weary 
of preaching. He'll make it just opinions. He'll make it things that offend us. If he can get us weary of church, amen, to where it's just one service a week. But the Bible says so much the more. Amen. That means more church as we see the day approaching. Amen. Living for God is not just one day a week. It ought to be every day of every week that we live for him. Don't let him, let the physical task of witnessing and knocking doors, don't let him get you weary of that. Because if he does, he'll stop you from ever reaching out in the spirit like God has called you to. Some people have had so many doors slammed in their face they don't even go on outreach anymore. You know the whole reason why you have the Holy Ghost? Two reasons. One, to seal you to the day of redemption. To make sure you have a ticket to heaven. The second of which is this. To give you power to be his witnesses. You realize he didn't call them to go and reach out to the world and, and evangelize the world until they were endued with power from on high. And once they received the Holy Ghost, he said, you are now my witnesses. Go. Hey, the Holy Ghost should give you the power to be a witness. Amen. The Holy Ghost equips you to be a witness. Amen. The Holy Ghost. And that's why he doesn't want you to pray. That's why he doesn't want you to get involved in worship. Because he doesn't want you connected with the Holy Ghost. Because he knows once you get connected with the Holy Ghost, you'll get connected with your purpose. And that is to be a witness for him. You keep on reaching out. You keep on knocking. I remember, I remember a, a, a day that I was with a church in, in the state of Oregon. Um, me and a, and a man from their church were out doing some door knocking. We had knocked, we had knocked so many doors. And, and we, had gotten, we had gotten doors slammed in our face. We had gotten, we had gotten rude things said to us. And it was, it was a hot day, and we were, we were tired. And he said, hey, let's stop at one more place before we're done. I said, okay. We swung in there. We were, I, I'm serious. We were both feeling so downtrodden. We were feeling like the devil had just chewed us up and spit us out that day. We go to this apartment complex. He said, I, I want to check on. There's a lady that used to bring, let her kids come to Sunday school. I want to just check and see if they're still here. So we walk up to the apartment. We're about 20 feet away, and he's like, okay, the bikes are gone. There's no toys sitting outside. They must have moved. And I said, you know what, bro? We're already here. We might as well just knock on the door. We walked up and knocked on the door. A young man opened the door and looked at both of us, his eyes wide. He thought we were, we thought, he thought we were federal police or something. He was going through uh, AA at the time. And he began to talk to us. Can I tell you, God began to work on that young man. Because we didn't give up. We didn't get weary. Amen. He wound up coming to church a couple months later and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And for about a year, he became the, the outreach director of that church in Oregon. Amen. Can I tell you today, don't get weary of doing what God has called you to do. He can get us weary of pastoral authority. Oh, this world is screaming, don't have a pastor. Don't have, don't have any authority in your life. Don't get weary of holiness. Don't grow weary of holiness. Hey, we're not going to grow weary of old paths. We're not going to get weary of the old songs that we sung. Hey, don't, don't get weary of paying your tithes and offering. Oh, I don't know if I can afford this. You watch. Every time you stop paying your tithes, you wonder why you have financial trouble. You know why? Because it's not your money, it's God's money. Amen. You know what? And when the devil says you don't have enough to give in the offering, you don't have enough to, to barter with God for, hey, guess what? He's just trying to rob you of your blessing. Hey, that 10% belongs to him. But what's going to bring that extra blessing is when you give a free will? Hey, I can't afford not to pay my tithes and offering. You're looking at a young man that learned a long time ago, amen, that when I was irresponsible with my finances, amen, guess what always came up? I had been paying my tithes and offering. Amen, I got it real quick, and to this day, I still pay my pastor my tithes and offering. Amen, because I know there is a principle there. And can I tell you, when, when things look like, amen, when, when the paperwork says you should be negative balanced by $3,000, but somehow you got through last year, can I tell you, that is God's favor. And God will always take care of his children. There is an appropriate place for weariness, though. You should grow weary 
of worldly things. You should grow weary of sin. Amen. If, if I'm so weary by giving all my time and effort to the things of the flesh, I still feel empty. Amen. I can grow weary and weary. Can I tell you, when you, when you sow to weariness, it has a way of reaping more weariness. It's like the Bible says, it's like you earn wages to put it into bags with holes in it. It's like you try to clothe yourself with clothes, but you, you can't get warm. It's like you try, you, you try to get filled with drink, but you're not filled with drink. Seems like everything you try to do, amen, that's, that's what we ought to get weary of, uh, is the weariness of this world, of the things of this world. I've got to push past flesh when I come to the house of God. I've got to push into spirit. Amen. Can I tell you, true worship isn't easy. Worshiping in the spirit is not easy. David understood this. Hey, you can have this field, David. You can give this, I'll give this field to you. He says, no. I'm not going to offer God anything that doesn't cost me something. Hey, when we come to the house of God, it ought to cost our flesh a little bit. It ought to be a sacrifice of praise. It ought to be a, a wringing out of our flesh to worship God. I'm not saying that you have to, you have to bite sheetrock off the ceiling every service. But I'm saying it ought, to, it ought to be a sacrifice. It ought to be a giving of service unto God. If you go weary enough, and sow into it enough, you'll reap more weariness and more weariness until it will progress into a spiritual problem. I remember being at a church. It's been a couple of years ago now. And I remember the altar call. I'll just say it like, like I do. It was pathetic. I mean, people came up, said their little two-minute prayer, and walked off. People were talking before, before I was even hardly done giving the altar call. But there was a young man that had visited that night. That young man did not even know how to worship correctly. Guess what? You young people know what I'm talking about. You old people, you ask your children or grandchildren what, I'm, what this is all about. But he was Fortnite dancing in the altar. That's all he knew how to do. But he was giving it his everything. He was sweating. He was sweating. He was, he was yelling out. It, it was not a polished Pentecostal praise. He was not trying to be a distraction. He was giving it his all. And I watched his polished Pentecostals that had given their little two-minute altar call stand back and laugh. And I was reminded of when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into the city. And Michael sat up in her tower of righteousness and said, Oh, you made a fool out of yourself dancing before the people. You see, it's not the guests or the new convert that should be out-worshipping the saint. It should be the saint showing the, the new guests how to worship. Amen. And you wonder why every new guest we get just stand there in the pew with their hands in their pockets. It's because you're not showing them how to worship. Amen. You ought to show them how to run the aisles. You ought to show them how to dance. You ought to show them how to worship. If they look like they're worshiping in an odd way, if they start breaking out worldly dances, amen, then why don't you be the example for them to follow, amen, and show them how to praise God. Paul suffered from being weary. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty two 22 says, Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And labors more abundant. And stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent, in deaths often. I met of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. Pastor Hood, I just can't make it to church tonight. I'm a little tired from working all day. Once was I stoned, thrice I suffered, suffered shipwreck, and night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils, I, I meant by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness. Paul got weary. In watchings often, in hunger and thirst, and fastings often, in cold and in nakedness. Besides those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. He had an understanding. I get weary sometimes. Things, life has a way of buffeting me. 
Life has a way of chewing me up and spitting me out. But that's why I understood I've got to die daily. Because if I don't take care of this weariness problem, it's going to progress into a spiritual problem. If I don't take care of this weariness, oh, you don't think that he felt like giving up when he was being beaten with rods? Oh, I I guarantee you he felt like giving up. But he had to die out daily and die out once again, uh, amen, to his flesh and say, hey, I count this all as loss uh, that I might have Christ. Job, out of everybody in your Bible who went through unsurmountable things, if he had any right to be weary, it was him. You see, Job had progressed to where it became a spiritual problem. He was burdened. But he understood in Job chapter 9, verse 27, it says, If I say I will forget my complaint. Oh, that would get a lot of us a, lot, a long ways. If we would just forget our complaints. Because complaints keep us right where we are. Complaints give us a place to live in. I'll forget my complaint. If Job had anything to be able to, he had a a right to complain. He said this, I will also leave off my heaviness and I will comfort myself. I could complain. In fact, the writer of that song that says, I won't complain. He originally wrote it. Or he, he, I can't complain is how it goes. He originally wrote it to say, I won't complain. Because he understood that I could complain. There are things that happen in life I could complain about, but I will not. I will make a decision not to complain. I'm so tired, I'm so weary, I can reason in myself that I have ample reason to sit back and relax. But I choose, I choose not to complain. Job said, I'll forget my complaint. Complaints will always hold you back from, por- from forward progress. Complaints will always keep you from pressing forward. Complaints are reasons why no effort should be given. You see, weariness unchecked. We talked about how to check those things. We talked about coming to the church, and no matter what happened, you just keep on worshiping God. But weariness, when it goes unchecked, will progress into a spiritual problem. It will progress to heaviness. Now prayer becomes too hard. You can't even show up. Praise becomes too tough. You can't even lift your hands. You can't clap. You can't run. You can't shout. Showing up to church gets too difficult. Preaching hurts you. Outreach becomes a strenuous task that you don't want to be involved in. Spiritual things become a burden unto you in a spiritual problem. Of heaviness. People backslide because they let weariness go unchecked and they gain to themselves a spirit of heaviness. They allow weariness to go unchecked and run rampant. That's why when we feel weariness creeping on a Wednesday night, that ought to make us it ought to make us understand that that's the moment we ought to worship the most. When weariness wants to hold us back, when we feel the tugging of the rain, you say, God, I know that my flesh wants to be in control right now, and it doesn't want to worship, but God, you possess my reins. God, you're the one who guides me. You're the one who leads me. Can I tell you, church is a spiritual thing. Mind blown. Church is spiritual. What have you come to do? Have you come to sing? Yes. But that's a physical task. Have you come to hear the music? Yes. But I don't worship according to the song or the music. I've come to worship God. Amen. And music and, 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 and songs just help to facilitate my praise. Amen. So no matter what song is sung, no matter if it's on key, off key, on beat or off beat, amen, I'm still going to worship God. I'm not just here for physical church work, but I'm here to work in the spirit. I, I'm not just here, amen, to check marks on a, on a box, huh, but I'm here to worship God. Practices and extra things that the church has to offer should not outweigh your walk with God. They should accompany your walk with God. Amen. The only walk with God some people have is church work. They can show up on a work day, but you can't find a time every, t- every day to pray. They could be early for practices, but, the last 30, but they can't last 30 minutes in prayer. 
That's why you can have those that are the most involved have the most surprising hidden sin. They can sing the songs of worship but get out in their car after service and sing along with songs that worship the flesh. They can see God move in a mighty way but then go home to see a Hollywood movie on their phone after church. They can talk to each other while they ought to be talking to God. Amen. I want to work not only in the physical Amen. But I want to give God some spiritual praise. I want to work in the spirit as well. I want to work to create an atmosphere so that someone can get the Holy Ghost that walks in. This world is under a burden of heaviness. It is too hard for them to get up and go to work, so they just don't go. They can't handle having a conversation that opposes their point of view. They're depressed. They're stressed. They always need a pick-me-up. They always need a caffeine boost. They need a high. They're weary and worn out by trying things to make them feel better that do not work. I don't want that same spirit of heaviness to get into my walk with God. So how do I get rid of heaviness? You may say, Brother Boggs, it's been, it's been two and a half years since I've run the aisles that I'm talking to you. Brother Boggs, it's been a year and a half since I've shouted under the influence of the Holy Ghost that I'm talking to you. You say, Brother Boggs, it's just that, that kind of stuff's regulated to the young people. Hey, don't let those old people now, the old folks home, amen, out square dance you. They find a way to shuffle around and get to the beat. Don't let, don't let the people playing bingo at the bingo hall flap their hands, amen, harder than you raise your hands and worship to God. But you say, Brother Boggs, I fit that bill. I'm weary. I've let things get on my back. I've let life get a hold of me, and I've walked in tonight, and I haven't praised like I ought to have. Then I'm going to give you the antidote tonight. Isaiah 61 and 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. To point unto them that mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. That word heaviness there. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 61 and verse 3 means this. Dim, dull, colorless. To be dark or faint. When my walk with God becomes dull, I need to put on the garment of praise. When my walk with God becomes dim, I need to put on the garment of praise. When my walk with God becomes dark or faint, where it doesn't seem like it's really there, I need to put back on the garment of praise. I'm hurrying to a close tonight. First Samuel 30 and 1 says, And it came to pass when David and his men were, at, were come to Ziklag, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken the women captives that were there within. They slew not any, neither great or small, but carried them away and went on, on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. And David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. They were weary. And David's two wives were taken captive. Ahinoam, whose definition, if you don't look at her name, means my brother is my delight. The Jezreelitess. And Abigail, the wife of Nabal the Carmelite, whose name means my father is my joy. The enemy had come into David's camp and had taken his delight and had taken his joy. How many times have you allowed things of this world and things that have gone on in your life to let, to, to let your joy and your delight to be robbed? And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his son and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. That's what Job did. I will leave off my heaviness and I will encourage myself. He encouraged himself in the Lord. I wondered as a kid, I, I kind of thought maybe he began to sing uh, maybe one of those good Sunday school songs, Kumbaya or something, and had a, little, had a little session with Jesus, had a little patty cake moment. But, it, but I'll tell you exactly how he encouraged himself. 
And David said to Abathar, the son of the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. Guess what the ephod is? A garment of praise. It's what the priest would put on when they would walk into the holies of holies, when they would get in his presence. He said, bring me the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. And after David worshipped, after David put on the garment of praise, David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him. God answered him, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them. And without fail, over, over, uh, recover all. Can I tell you, praise will recover all. There are no requirements uh, to be able to praise him besides having breath in your lungs. I don't see any corpses sitting on the pew today. Amen. So that means everybody in this place, amen, has ample ability to worship him. Come to the music. You say, oh, Brother Boggs, I'm not weary. I don't have a spirit of heaviness. Prove it. Put on your garment of praise. Oh, I don't need to prove any... I don't need to prove anything to you, preacher. No, but you need to prove something to yourself. You need to look in the mirror and say, hey, I've allowed this spirit of heaviness to be on me to where I don't feel like it's my responsibility to worship. I've left it off on somebody else. I've just sat on a pew and done nothing. God, help me to understand that I have a right, but I also have a responsibility to worship him. How long has it been since you've run the aisles? How long has it been since you leapt for joy? How long has it been since you've shouted? How long has it been since you've danced? You say, oh, Brother Boggs, I don't have to do all those things. Incorrect. The Bible says, God speaking, under giving influence of his spirit to a writer in the book of Psalms says, praise him in the dance. That's not if you want to, if it's okay with you, if it fits your, if it fits how you uh, react to things, uh, if it fits your lifestyle. No, it's just simply praise him in the dance. That means every once in a while, you ought to get out of your pew and do nothing and get on the dance floor and say, God, I'm going to worship you. And if your answer to any of those is this, I can't, then could it be that your weariness problem has progressed to a spiritual problem, to where you have a spirit of heaviness? Isaiah 14, 28 says this, Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. To them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh, Brother Boggs, I'm just, I'm just waiting on God. just waiting. It says wait on the Lord. That word wait means this. In the original language it means this. The definition means to be eager, to look to, or to expect. This is not expecting God to do anything. But walking in with your hands raised and saying, God, I'm expecting a move of the Holy Ghost. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and start praising you for it. I'm going to go ahead and start, hey, that's where you're going to gain your strength. That's how you're not going to get weary. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. By washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. What some of us need tonight is just a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Hey, we used to come in hungry for God, amen, to speak to us and to change us. But now we feel like God is speaking to others, uh, and we are fine just the way we are, amen, and don't need to change anything. Can I tell you, saint of God, you need a renewing of the Holy Ghost. If you're not still as excited about the Holy Ghost as the first time you received it, then it's time uh, to put on a garment of praise uh, and get another touch of the Holy Ghost. Too long have we let weariness and heaviness be comfortable in our services. Hey, those that don't worship shouldn't be the majority, but they should be the odd ones out. We can grow accustomed to weariness 
and tell that all we can do is go through the motions. That is why conviction doesn't draw us to the altar like it should. Because we made it all worship. Amen. A worship that is empty and void of God's spirit. If we want revival like our grandparents had, then we've got to sacrifice to the point they did. If they can roll in sawdust-covered floors, then we ought to be roll on padded Pentecostal air-conditioned floor. I want a church that's exciting. Amen. Because you never know what's going to happen because the church, amen, has grown accustomed to letting God have his way. What have you come to do tonight? I haven't come to have my way. I've come to let him have his way. I wonder tonight if you could grab your garment of praise, uh, amen, and make weariness so uncomfortable that it has to leave. Uh, make heaven is so discomforted that it breaks its hold tonight. Amen. Can we step out of our pew tonight? Can we come to this altar and say, God, I haven't put on a garment of praise in a little while, but tonight, on a Wednesday night, when I've worked all day, I think it's time that I put on a garment of praise. If you've come tonight and you've let weariness have its way uh, in our worship service, amen, in your life, uh, then right now I'm going to give you another opportunity to say, God, I'm not going to let weariness hold me back from worshiping you how I know you want me to. Come on, how long? Come on, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. I feel like I'm hitting something. Guess what? We're just going to go and push through this. He gave all for you. He gave his life for you. Why can't you give a little one and a half to two hour time of your day to say, God, you gave your all for me on Calvary. You let blood flow down your back. You let stripes be put upon you. You let a crown of thorns be put upon your head. So tonight, I know I'm tired. I know I'm weary. I know that I've had a long day of work. But God, you gave it all for me. And so I'm going to give it all for you. I'm going to worship. I'm going to shout. I'm going to dance. Come on, why don't we come tonight? I'm making a call to the church. That's everybody included. I'm making a call for us to get up out of our pew. Amen. Come on, you can get out of your car at Walmart. Come on, you can get out of your pew to walk to an aisle. Come on, you can get out of your pew, walk up the aisle to an altar. Come on, why don't you worship him? I will dance like David did. Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart. I will dance. I will dance. Oh, I will dance. I will dance. Oh, come on, the Spirit of God is here. Come on, let the Spirit of God break the hold. I will dance like David danced. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart. I will pray like David prayed. Oh, I will pray. Upon my heart, I will pray like David prayed. I will pray, pray, like David prayed. I will pray, pray, Oh, come on, don't leave it up to somebody else. Come on, why don't you worship God with all your heart right now? The Lord comes upon Come on, why don't you worship God with all your heart? Like David Upon my heart, I will sing like David sing. I will sing, sing. I will sing like David sing. I will sing. Come on, sing to God. Why don't you get your dance back? Why don't you get your worship back? Come on, why don't you get your spirit of God back? The spirit of the Lord comes upon my heart. I will dance like David did. Oh, in the spirit. Praise. Come on, he's worthy of our all. Spirit of the Lord. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, God. Somebody seek after him right now, Jesus. Seek after God right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, God. He's in this place right now. He's in this place right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, God, hallelujah. Oh, seek after God right now, Jesus. God, you're in this place, God. You're in this place, oh God, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus, God. Thank you for what you're doing in this place right now, Jesus, God. God, thank you for ministering to us tonight, Jesus, God. Thank you for speaking to us, God. Thank you for opening your hearts to us, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm so glad we serve a God that's still doing a work in Carson City. Can I get an amen? I've heard it said before, and a lot of you know who it's said by, but in order to do things you've never, or in order to do, get to places you've never got, you're going to have to do things you've never done. Applying that to a spiritual aspect is you got to dig deep. You're going to have to worship. You're going to have to push past the opposition that you feel spiritually because God has a plan for each and every one of us. God has a plan for this church. And we got to break past any of the opposition that comes against us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Boggs, for ministering to us tonight. If you're still uh, in the presence of the Lord tonight, you're welcome to stay. But go ahead and be dismissed in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for what you've done in this house tonight. God, we'll see you on Sunday. Jesus' name.